Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast for developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. Remember to join me for my live office hours, Wednesdays at 12 noon, Mountain Standard Time. You can join me on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube on my channels. This is a chance for you to pick my brain on any questions you have about marriage or romantic relationships. Just like in high school or college, your professors had office hours for you to go there and ask questions. Likewise, I have office hours so you can come and pick my brain. So take advantage of it. Before we jump into today's episode, a quick announcement. Just wanted to encourage all of you to check out my book, The Total Marriage Refresh, if you haven't already. This book, The Total Marriage Refresh, goes through the top six steps to marital satisfaction. It's the same content that's covered in my conferences, which is also called The Total Marriage Refresh. But the book has more. The book has more tools. The book has more case studies. The book has more explanations. And so if you really want to sink your teeth in to those six steps to marriage satisfaction, get a copy of the book. It's not very long. It's about 150 pages. You can get it on audio if you'd like. But it's a great resource because it's something you can keep going back to on how do we cultivate emotional intimacy or we're stuck on sharing power. How are we supposed to approach that? It's a great resource to keep going back to as reminders on how to approach common tension areas in your relationship. I also share my own story in that book. I talk about you know the tragedies, the the valleys my wife and I have been through, but then also the triumphs and the victories we've experienced. So you get to learn more about me and hear about my personal journey on matrimony because I can relate with a lot of you. So check it out. If that sounds interesting to you, go to Amazon, type in Total Marriage Refresh. You'll see it. Pick up a copy today and send me a message. Let me know what you think. You can send me a direct message on Instagram or send me an email, info at drwyattfisher.com. Today we're going to talk about three Q&A questions that I had come in last week. I love doing these Q&A sessions because I know if one couple had this question, I'm sure a lot of you have the same question. So we're gonna go through three questions that came in. I'm gonna answer the questions and then hopefully a lot of you will find some benefit in my responses. Number one, how do we share power with our kids? You know, I don't talk about parenting very often, but I could. As a lot of you know, my wife and I have four kids. They range in age from 12 to 19, and we've experienced it all with our kids. We've had high moments. We've had a lot of low moments. We've had a lot of differences in our parenting style, which has created a lot of marital challenges. So we've really gotten through all sorts of stuff when it comes to parenting. But I don't talk about parenting that often because this podcast and my resources are designed for marriage. But I have a lot to say when it comes to parenting. So this question, how do we share power with our kids, is a great question. Because sharing power in marriage, as you know, that's marriage step number three, learning to share power. That's a common topic I talk about. It's a growth area my wife and I have both had in our marriage. And it's a growth area I've had to learn to work on as a parent. When our kids were young, I never even thought about sharing power. I never thought about what does that look like? that they have a will and that you have to interact with that will and there's a balance. If you give your child too much autonomy, that's a problem. 
they become too wild. If you give your child too little autonomy, they'll feel too controlled and you set them up to either rebel or to be repressed in their development. And so we've had to work on this. And my wife and I are total opposites when it comes to parenting. We're more similar now than we ever have been. But initially, I would lean towards too much control. She would lean toward too little control when it comes to parenting. So we've had to learn to meet more in the middle and to leverage each other's bent in order to create a unified front that is stronger for our kids compared to just my way or her way. And so that's something I would encourage all of you to consider, all of you who are listening to this that are parents. Think about the strength that your partner has, how that can complement the strength that you have. And that's why I tell couples I work with in my practice. Most of the time, one partner leans more toward control and justice, natural consequences, and the other parent leans more toward relationship and mercy and grace. Both of those sides are needed. One or the other is not the answer. It's a blend of both. Children and teens need both love and limits. Not one, not just the other. They need both. So to share power with kids, a couple ideas. One is sometimes you're not gonna be able to share power. Sometimes as parents, you have to make this final decision on something that is going on with them or the family, etc., and you can't share power. So there are going to be those moments where you just have to tell the children or the teens, this is the decision. That's going to happen. Other times, think about giving them choices. Think about how could I provide options before you present this topic to your child or your teen. Think about how can I give them an option here? Option A would be this. Option B would be that. And these two options have to be options that you and your partner have already talked through. So you and your partner are okay with either choice. So therefore, you're a unified front. But the nice thing with giving options is that gives your child or your teen a sense of control. And for a lot of parents and kids, it's all about control. It's a power battle. The classic scenario for raising teens is that parents are frustrated that they're losing control and the teen is frustrated that they don't have more control. It's all about control. Or at least a lot of it is about control. So if you give them options, option A or option B, that's a great way to help them feel like they have more control. Another option for sharing power is when you present a topic to your child or your teen and they say, no, why can't I do this? Or no, why can't I do that? Or that's not fair, it should be this way. Or that's not fair, it should be that way. If they respond like that, consider their feedback and think about how could you meet them in the middle with what you originally said and with with what they're complaining about, with what they want to have happen. Think about what would a middle ground be? It could be something as simple as, Okay, starting tomorrow, you're not gonna get your phone after two. And they say, I wanted my phone until four. Why, why, not, why can't I have it till four? And you said two, so they're saying four. So you can make a compromise and say, okay, how about we compromise and you can have it till three. So that's a real simple concept, but a lot of parents don't consider that. It's negotiation, it's sharing power. It's compromising and it's modeling for your children 
how to meet in the middle, how to strike a balance, because they're gonna need that skill set as they enter into relationships and they need to start sharing power themselves with friendships and later romantic relationships. So that's a great way to share power. You say what you think, then they protest and say what they think, and then you consider how can we meet in the middle, and then that often becomes the compromise. Number two, how do I keep our marriage happy? The love bucket model. That's the top way to keep your marriage happy. So the love bucket model to recap is you have a love bucket inside of you and your partner is the faucet. So in the beginning, they have that faucet full blast. They were, they were splashing water into your bucket, doing the right thing, saying the right thing. So your bucket got really full. But once you're together for a while, they turn down the faucet. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. Now it's a trickle of water going into your love bucket. Meanwhile, they start doing behavior you don't like. Things that make you feel hurt. Things that drain your bucket. Those drainers create a hole in the bottom of your bucket and water starts leaking out. So, the fastest way to go from we're in winter to we're in spring or we're out of love and we want to get back in love is to master the love buckets because the goal for all of us to become irresistible is to learn how can I fill up your bucket by doing all those fillers you desire to feel loved and satisfied while I'm eliminating and reducing all of the drainers I do that make you feel negative toward me. I have to master both. If I'm just filling up your bucket but I'm still doing all those drainers, it's water in, water out. There's no net gain. Therefore, for me to become irresistible and for you to become irresistible, you have to master both. You have to master how do I fill up your bucket while I stop draining it. You do that long enough, your partner will fall back in love with you. And that's how you sustain a happy marriage. This is the Keep the Glow app. A lot of you are already using the app, which is super exciting. Keep the Glow. Look it up on the App Store, the Google Play Store, wherever you get your apps, you can download it today. It's free for two weeks to try it out. But that app will train you on how to keep the love buckets full in your marriage. You need it, you need that app. And then it sends out daily reminders or every other day reminders of the mindset. How should I be thinking about this love bucket model? How should I be thinking about fillers and drainers? It will train you on the way to think, which is part of the battle. So check it out, Keep the Glow, the app, because that will train you on the love bucket model and that's how you stay happy in your marriage. Number three, we haven't had sex in a long time in our relationship, where do we begin? You know, a lot of couples that come into my practice, this is the case. They haven't had sex sometimes in months, sometimes in years. And when you haven't had sex for a long period of time, it can almost become a phobia because libido builds upon libido. So if you haven't had sex in an extended period of time, it can feel really hard to get back there to that space to start having sex again. It can be really challenging for a lot of couples. So this is where you have to remember the wedding cake model. And as a reminder, the wedding cake model begins, the base tier is resolving resentments. It's hard to have sex with someone you resent and most long-term relationships have a lot of unresolved resentments. So you have to start there. Start by resolving your resentments. I've created a tool called the Reunite Tool to help you with that. Google Reunite Tool. 
If you can't go through the Reunite tool on your own, then work with one of my coaches. Go to my website, click on coaching. You can sign up for your first session this week. They are trained to help couples master all of my tools. They're very competent. They will work with you week after week to help you work through those resentments because that's a base tier. If you want to have a better sex life, you've got to work through the resentments. Next, the next tier in the wedding cake model, you start building the friendship. This is where you start having your head heart checks. This is where you start having your mini dates. This is where you start having some affection. You have to build back the friendship because it's also hard to have sex with someone you're not friends with. You have to build the friendship. When that's going well, then start having some sensual time. This can be added to your mini dates. And sensual time can be as simple as let's just lay down on our bed and cuddle. Let's just snuggle for a while. Or if you want to take it up another notch, let's have a sensual massage where we take turns being the giver and the receiver. Then after that sensual time, if you're both open to erotic touch, you can transition to that. And when you're in that sphere, that's the top tier of the wedding cake model, remember that there's options. Approach sexual contact as a buffet, not a main course or nothing. And what I mean by that is think of all the options you can have with sexual contact. You can make out. You can have activity, everything above the waist. You can masturbate one another. You can have oral sex. You can have everything, including intercourse. There's options. But when we're married for a while, we start thinking it's intercourse or nothing. And low libido partners will often choose nothing because they're not up for intercourse. However, if they know it can be approached as a buffet, then they have more buy-in. They have more voice and more choice. So they're gonna be more likely at the end of that sensual time to consider, I'm open to this part of the buffet. Maybe that's just drinks and an appetizer, or I'm open to a salad or a first course, or I'm really charged up, I'm open to everything, or let's just play it by ear. Let's just start here and see where it goes. So healthy couples on average have sexual contact at least once a week. And it's important for you to know that. It is important for a healthy marriage to have sexual contact once a week. Now, that may vary based on your age, your libidos, but that's average. If you're not having sexual contact on some level once a week, it's gonna impact your relationship. Most likely, one of you is gonna feel more detached. It's gonna impede your emotional connection. So that's a goal to strive toward, to at least once a week have some type of sexual contact in your marriage. It's very important. And remember, sexual contact is a symbol. It's a symbol of your commitment. It's a symbol of your love, just like your wedding ring. That's why you wear a wedding ring. And it will bond you together physically, emotionally, spiritually. So you need regular sexual contact to complete the circle of connection in your marriage. You won't feel complete without it. So those are three questions that came through this week. So number one, how do we share power with our kids? Number two, how do I keep our marriage happy? And number three, we haven't had sex in a long time. Where do we begin? Thank you for listening to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, click the five stars, leave a review. And the best way to pay it forward is to text one person today 
about The Dr. Wyatt Show. Please do that to pay it forward. If this has helped you, it's going to help them, and it's a great way to spread the message of hope for marriages. For more resources, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. It will heal. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.